1: hello and welcome to a tuesday live right here on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 the home for sports grid radio on sirius xm all across the sports grid network as well i am ben stevens plenty to get to on today's show it feels like football outside the morning's now a little bit of crispness in the air as we look forward to this football season both in the college ranks it's the debut of the preseason Ben's top 10 as it compares to the AP top 25 and tons of talk around the National Football League as well but we begin in this opening hour because if it feels like football season in the NFL and college it also feels like October in Major League Baseball huge divisional series all across the bigs all week long including in Atlanta for a battle for the top spot in the National League East between the Braves and the Mets now New York entered this series opener last night in Atlanta having won four of five against the Braves last weekend at City Field up in Queens but a different scenario in a new setting the Mets opened the series with a five and a half game lead but as you can see based on that score it is now down to four and a half in the National League East over the Atlanta Braves after the Braves absolutely demolished the Mets in the series opener winning 13 to one now atlanta jumped on cookie carrasco very early on bottom of the second back-to-back solo home runs they add on a third run we go into a weather delay for quite some time and then atlanta opens it up in the bottom of the sixth inning scoring eight runs in that home half of the sixth to really put away and put the stamp on the Mets again 13 to one the final Spencer Strider got the start for Atlanta he got a start on the Sunday finale of that other series back at City Field over a week ago and he said the Mets were getting lucky that we would see what happens when we got to October well he backed up a little bit of that smack talk yesterday five innings of work only three hits allowed and one earned against the Mets who actually it was the first loss for New York with Cookie Carrasco getting a start in their last eight games so Atlanta wins 13 to one we still have three more games remaining in this series during the midweek portion of this week in Atlanta so as it stands right now the Mets still up by four and a half games in the National League East and still a very heavy odds on favorite in those divisional odds minus 800 for New York however it was even stronger yesterday the Mets entered this series opener against the Braves at minus 1100 so Atlanta clawing its way back just slightly in the standings and the odds board and has a big opportunity this week to really close that gap in the National League East you see the Mets have a 10 and a half game over the Phillies in the National League East who are 210 to 1 to win that division but the Phillies get a win yesterday and now the Phils hold that second spot in the National League wild card as it stands a half game up over the San Diego Padres the Braves a six and a half game lead for that top spot in the National League wild card so it's not just the divisional standings among those three teams the Mets the Braves and the Phils it's also their outlook for a run through the National League postseason the Mets have the second-best odds in the National League pennant chase right now, plus 220, only behind the Dodgers, who are the favorites, at a plus 155 number. Atlanta has the third-best price at plus 600. And the Phillies now up to the fifth-best number in this market at 13-1. to 1. The three teams out of the National League East, that should factor into the NL playoff picture, three of the five-best odds to win that pennant a welcome to our sports grid radio audience here the opening hour of the morning after live on this tuesday all across the grid and sirius xm channel 159 all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well i am ben stevens the atlanta braves taking the series opener in a big big way against the mets yesterday 13 to 1 the final in atlanta three more games remaining this week and a four and a half game lead still for New York over the Atlanta Braves for that top spot in the National League East and we will see at least it seems right now three teams from the NL East and the National League playoff picture how many teams out of the American League East will we see in the AL playoff picture well right now still in the top spot in that American League East is the New York Yankees they hold a 10 game lead over both the Rays and the Blue Jays But things are not necessarily going well for the Pinstripes at this moment. Shut out for the second straight game yesterday, back up in the Bronx, losing to the Rays for nothing. The Yankees have now lost five of their last six games, 10 of their last 12, and they have been booked as a favorite in all 12 of these games on this poor stretch. And the Yanks, again, have been shut out. For two straight games three of their last six games and in that six game span the pinstripes have only been able to muster up seven runs of offensive production again the yankees still hold a 10 game lead in the american league east they have had built that very big cushion in the divisional standings over the rays and the blue jays who now occupy two of those three american league wildcard spots and we'll get to the battle for that third and final spot among another team in the american league east The Baltimore Orioles. But from the big picture perspective of trying to win an American League pennant, the Yankees now trail the Astros by two and a half games for the best record in the American League, yet maintain that favored number to win the AL pennant. Plus 160 on the Yankees, 15 cents ahead of the Houston Astros at plus 175. And as you can see there from those numbers for the American League pennant, still a distinction among those top two teams in the American League, the Yankees and the Astros ahead of the rest. We'll continue to go around Major League Baseball. The Diamond Dash is up next here on the Morning After. Kevin Walsh gets in the mix. Stay with us.
0: SportsGrid.com Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com
1: Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159 the Diamond Dash a very creative name to describe our daily review of Major League Baseball a creative guy joins us now on the show here on TMA it's all Kate dubs Kevin Walsh to go through the bids. then we'll talk some National Football League in this preseason and throughout training camp and then the debut of the preseason Ben's top 10 in college football with two great college football minds going back and forth okay dubs a pleasure as always to have you here on a Tuesday program of the morning after
2: no doubt about it Tang is in the air you can feel it all around this show this network things are feeling good man football season is approaching but baseball still delivering plenty for
1: us to sink our teeth into Absolutely so. This postseason push, about 45 games left of this home stretch of Major League Baseball. And right now, Kev, it is a fascinating race to follow in the American League wildcard because we have three teams from the American League East, not mentioning the Yankees, who still own the top spot in that division by 10 games, battling for three wildcard spots alongside the Seattle Mariners. And for that third and final spot, the Baltimore Orioles are still very much in play. The O's, where they rode victory yesterday up in the Great White North, knocking off the Toronto Blue Jays 7-3. to So Baltimore, Kevin, still very much in the mix right now for an American League wildcard spot. Do you believe the O's have the staying power to get it done?
2: Cross the finish line is one thing, but it's become very, very clear that they are going to be in this race all the way until the end. Which is part of the reason why I still, I can't say I can't believe, but I'm still bothered by the fact that they traded off Trey Mancini there. Right? Everything that he meant to that organization and that organization meant to him, it was a Baltimore group that was never going to be buyers and that was okay. But is the prospect return for Trey Mancini going to really matter in the long run for Baltimore? Or would Mancini have been there potentially helping this team get to the postseason and then likely what? Resigning and staying in Baltimore for the long term a better, and better outcome, I absolutely yep. think so. The thing about the Orioles at this point, sitting a game and a half back of not just Toronto but Tampa Bay, is. They have to have a world of belief about them because it's not as if the Orioles have randomly stumbled into a block of 30 games where they're exclusively playing the Washington Nationals and Oakland Athletics. I feel like they play the Blue Jays every night and they beat the Blue Jays every night. This team is just continuing to perform,
1: and it really is awesome to see. And the Orioles right now at 65-1 to have the longest odds out of those six teams in the hunt for the three wild card spots, but just last week it was 130 to one. So we have yeah. seen positive market movement in favor of Baltimore, cutting that price in half. And those six teams that we showed you, and we'll continue the discussion up here, all within two and a half games of one another for the three wild card spots in the American League, including the Seattle Mariners, who right now currently occupy the top spot a half game advantage over the Rays and the Blue Jays Tampa beating New York the Yankees up in the Bronx last night for nothing they have now won three straight games tied with the Blue Jays for the same record at the moment the White Sox Kevin now two games out of the American League wildcard chase and also just two games behind the Cleveland Guardians for the top spot in the American League Central the White Sox have won Four games. Is it now or never for Chicago, which feels like we've been saying that for the last month and a half?
2: Well, that's the issue, right? I can't tell you it's now or never because I wanted to say that months ago. And that was with the White Sox chasing Minnesota. Now the Guardians are the favorite. The other day flipped to a flash, I think a minus price, in fact, on their AL Central odds at at one point. But it's kind of tightened up here a a little bit now with, with everything. I think tonight is a really big game for my outlook on the Chicago White Sox. I know some people Huge. might think that's a little unfair because they're going up against the AL Cy Young favorite and Justin Verlander, but the second choice, and not all too far behind, is Dylan Cease. You're at home, coming off of a nice rally last night in the bottom of that eighth inning to ultimately win a game against the Astros here. You've won four in a row. You need to continue to apply a pressure because you're not just chasing the Guardians, but... One of those wild card spots is is also up for grabs. That is the thing we look at the central yeah. as this downtrodden division, but they have three teams that are all in the mix here for the wild card spots as well as the division. So I look at this White Sox team here tonight a plus price at home I want to see what this looks like up against an ace level in Justin Verlander in your own ballpark with your ace throwing. This feels like, to me, the biggest game the White Sox will have played all season
1: long. And this might be that now or never point. If you want to prove, that being the White Sox, that you are a contender for the American League postseason – This is October baseball. It's your best versus their best. Go out and win a baseball game, especially at home. Right now, live on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Dylan Cease and the Southsiders, plus 108 as the home underdogs. Justin Verlander and the Astros, a minus 126 favorite. They are one and two. Verlander, the favorite in the American League Cy Young Award market. And Dylan Cease, the second best price. But about two months ago, Dylan Cease was 18 to one. He has gone On an absolute tear. More from that game a little bit later on. But, Kev, we're going to follow the American League Central and those odds the rest of the way because we see daily updates, not just in Mm -hmm. the standings, but the market. You mentioned it. The Guardians yesterday were minus 105. It's now plus 120. And only half a game was taken off their lead over both the Twins and the White Sox. And Chicago now only 50 cents behind at plus. 170, and again as it pertains to those American League wildcard standings it felt like for a while Kev the only team out of the Central that would get into the AL playoff picture would be whoever won this division not necessarily both the Twins and the White Sox just two games out and according to the odds the White Sox have the best odds to win the American League out of this crop Mm -hmm. behind Toronto and Seattle but at least from the american league central so that's how things stand in the wild card race but kevin we're talking about it three teams right now outside of the yankees out of the american league east in contention to make the american league postseason picture when you look to the other side of things in the national league west the dodgers and the padres formidable sides three teams out of the national league east could certainly be in that nl postseason as well so when you look at a group kevin the best division in baseball right now who do you think gets that bid
2: Ooh, interesting. I think it still has to be the American League East, though, all in all. I know the Phillies have probably with the baseball that they've been playing entered the N at least into that conversation. But when the low team is fifty seven and fifty nine like the Boston Red Sox and still a tough out on a routine basis, I don't know how that's not your answer. Look at the bottom of all these divisions. The Nationals are the worst team in baseball, by the way. Thirty nine and seventy eight. That's free wins for the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies. You don't get that in the American League East for the New York Yankees. You don't get that for the Toronto Blue Jays on a regular basis there. The Yanks the other day, we saw it in a series against the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park. Lost that series. I'll tell you this right now. Throw the Yankees out there for three games in Washington. As bad as the Yanks are playing, that is not going to be a series defeat there. They're not playing that bad of baseball. That is the difference maker right now, ultimately, I think, when we talk about what is the best division of baseball. And for those odds there to win a World Series, the argument that you obviously have on the AL East side of it is four teams in the mix here, including the Yankees and the Blue Jays, which make up two of the top three teams really for a lot of people when you talk about AL contenders.
1: I would think the american league east has the most depth but also very top heavy as kevin just alluded to we have seen a change in that market for the division to win the world series since yesterday all three divisions the nl west the nl east and the al east all tied with the same price at plus 270. the dodgers meanwhile shut out the brewers in the opener in milwaukee yesterday for nothing la has won 13 of its last 14 games after having the 12 game win streak snapped against the royals but some pessimism around la walker bueller will be having elbow surgery and he is out for the rest Mm -hmm. of this year a key component for the dodgers in what was their hopeful postseason run still a lot of depth in that starting rotation but that was their ace we go to the nfl up next second year quarterback conversation stay with us NFL draft. There was a single quarterback selected in the first round. His name is Kenny Pickett. He plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. A wonderful debut in preseason week number one in the NFL. But in the 2021 NFL draft, there were five quarterbacks taken in the top 20 selections. And now we look at what their optimism seems to be for the 2022. NFL season their second year in the NFL a second year quarterback conversation will the leap be earned for those five guys Kevin Walsh and myself Ben Stevens discuss it right now based on what we saw in the preseason and it was a great debut for Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers on Friday night against the Green Bay Packers Trey Lance Kevin four of five through the air 92 yards and a touchdown showing off the big arm and some of the optimism that led the Niners trading all the way up to number three in last year's draft to get their guy in Trey Lance and although he only appeared in six games a season ago he is their quarterback not Jimmy Garoppolo he has been shipped out to the side although not traded yet Trey Lance is now his time in San Francisco so let's look At some of those prompts, Kevin, how do you evaluate Trey Lance heading into year number two when we had such a small sample size during his rookie campaign? Optimism
2: is probably the best word that I can offer up right now because I don't really have much of a reason not to be. You know, sometimes you get lost uh, in a bubble that you might be in. And on the early line, I got to be honest with you, we've had a lot of fun laughing at the 49ers and they've deserved every bit of it. The mishandling yep. of this Jimmy, or at least the lying to themselves over this Jimmy Garoppolo situation, paired with the drafting of Trey Lance, who didn't have the ability to take the job off of Garoppolo, felt like they were in a bad spot. And then um, heading into the weekend, I, I had a minor epiphany when I realized that in oh. what world does Kyle Shanahan not have the ability to just have Trey Lance replicate at minimum what Jimmy Garoppolo was bringing to the table, and have this team go over a win total of a nine and a half and probably win this NFC West overall. I think Trey Lance, and we've seen this, is going to be able to hit the layups. But the thing is, the layups for the Niners actually turn into dagger three-point shots. These, Hey, listen, that guy's wide open 20 yards down the field. And he walks in for a 75-yard score. We saw it during the regular season. And I know we just saw that during the preseason. And it's the athleticism. Man, if you think it's a nightmare to scheme or and prepare against Kyle Shanahan, now you have to, on a week-in, week-out basis, prepare for what Trey Lance can do as an athlete there. I think this Niners offense is going to operate at an incredibly high level. I'm not Trey Lance 40-1 to MVP optimistic. But in terms of the Niners being able to be a very good football team, yeah, I feel good about that.
1: And that is the optimism around San Francisco, Kevin, because you might have some questions like I do in terms of backing the Niners where their odds are for the upcoming year in the NFL with a second year quarterback, sure, but a QB that really hasn't played much in the last two seasons and yes i include 2020 Mm. when he was still the quarterback for north dakota state and did not play because their fcs season was in the spring and he was getting ready for the nfl draft take a look at those numbers a win total on the FanDuel sportsbook at nine and a half in the over has the juice at minus 145 kev that's a clear indication that's a 10-win football team and if they're a 10-win football team go one peg underneath minus 225 to make the postseason that's a virtual guarantee at this point where we stand during training camp in the preseason and the second best odds and still a very competitive NFC West division at plus 175 Kevin should the odds on the Niners be as favorable as they are right now where we stand about to enter year number two for Trey Lance Again, the funny thing
2: is, if you asked me six weeks ago, I think my answer would have been a lot different than it is now. But I have gained confidence around Trey Lance and lost it a little bit in the Los Angeles Rams. I think the Rams are a little bit disrespected at times in the market. I've found the two-and-a-half number, the Buffalo Lays, in their building to be a disgrace. But this is what we come to expect from people and their overrating of the Buffalo Bills. But this Stafford elbow is starting to worry me here a little bit. I don't think I'm going to get 17 games out of Stafford. 15 games, maybe. You might think, oh, 15 games, what's the difference? Two games? We don't think two games. Might just be the difference here considering what was on the line for these teams down the stretch. Just uh, two games separating the Rams and the Niners. And by the way, the Cardinals were in between them in that rate. That's how good the NFC West was last year. And I know we think it can, I don't know about replicate that, but be very, very good this coming season. So, i think ultimately this is going to sound bizarre right the team that yep. just won the super bowl with a super bowl winning quarterback and unproven sophomore but the health matters i think i have a little more trust right now in trey and the niners than stafford and the rams
1: see i still believe in the rams i think the rams are the pick however i am slightly concerned around the elbow issues that matthew stafford is dealing with but the rams won a super bowl last year yes they lose von miller but he wasn't necessarily there all year long and i think they improve with bobby wagner on the defensive side of the football and you add Allen robinson on the other side of that offense to complement cooper cup so i still think the rams got better maybe the value is not necessarily there but plus 125 the rams the favorites in the nfc west but kevin brings up a great point about the optimism around San Francisco. Now, the Niners made the Super Bowl three years ago in 2019, ultimately a loss to the Chiefs. They made the NFC Championship game almost on the brink of another Super Bowl appearance last year in 2021 with Jimmy Garoppolo. Not because of Jimmy G, but maybe not in spite... of. Jimmy Garoppolo as well because the talent on the roster is that good both offensively and defensively and now Debo Samuel is happy with his contract extension it seems and Kyle Shanahan is an offensive mastermind and when you look at Trey Lance and his stats last year again just six games played two starts made 603 passing yards in total, 57.7% completion percentage. But also on the ground, we saw a ton of run packages utilized around Trey Lance in his athletic ability, 168 yards on the ground. So Kev, the top three picks in the 2022 NFL Draft. Trevor Lawrence, number one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Zach Wilson, number two for the New York Jets. Trey Lance, number three for the San Francisco 49ers. As we just shared, San Fran. Nine and a half the win total. The Oprah has the heavy juice at minus 145. Let's make a theoretical match bet here between the top three from last year's draft. Who wins more games? Trey Lance and the Niners as a solo entity or the combined efforts of Trevor Lawrence and the Jags Uh. plus Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. Obviously, you add the win totals just based on sheer numbers of the Jets and the Jags. That's 12 as compared to Trey Lance and the Niners at nine and a half. They would be the heavily favored side. But, Kev, will the Niners have a better overall year than those two other teams being the Jags and the Jets?
2: You know, what's funny is I think you'd get a lot of people, though you you make a good point about where the number would sit. I think you'd get a lot of people to bet the Niners. I'm high on the Niners. I still would take the combination. I'm low on the Jets. I know I'm probably walking into a real bad trap here, and I'm going to live with it. I am... Very optimistic about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I am. Ah. On the early line, this is way back. Way back. Who will be this year's Cincinnati Bengals? I don't know if I worked myself into a shoot, but my answer was the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there's literally nothing that has happened that has changed it, Ben. Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson, if you think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust, you're not paying attention. He's not. Urban Meyer, listen. Big 10 previews, brother. Certainly no more NFL coaching. That did not work out. The Christian Kirk deal that everybody thought was bad. Have we seen how the wide receiver market is shaped out? Not all that bad. Keeping Cam Robinson, signing Brandon Scherf. There is defensive talent here. And the other thing is a vulnerable division in my eyes. The Texans, to me, aren't a real football team. Tannehill's a bad five weeks away from being benched for Malik Willis. And Matt Ryan, sorry but here is the thing. I know everybody thinks, oh, this guy is going to change the Colts, man. How awful Carson Wentz was. Twenty-seven touchdowns to seven picks. Matt Ryan will throw more picks than Carson Wentz did last year, despite the fact that Carson Wentz is the turnover prone, can't win with him quarterback. So can the Jacksonville Jaguars go nine
1: and eight, Ben, and steal this hmm. division? They think they can it looks like kevin's buying in on an alternate win total over where last year i was on the alternate win total under of four and a half for the jacksonville jaguars because that was fade urban meyer at all costs it's very different this year around the jags are 120 to one to win the super bowl tied for the fifth longest odds in the entire national football league the win total is six and a half the jags won three games a season ago in 2020 the Bengals won four games. Their 2021 win total was six and a half. Their odds in the preseason win a Super Bowl, 120 to one, the third longest in the National Football League. Just saying, comparison with a second-year quarterback in Joe Burrow, taking a big leap and the same for Trevor Lawrence, hopefully expected. You mentioned a couple of former Eagles. Kevin Walsh, the head coach mm. in Doug Peterson, and a former quarterback in Carson Wentz. Now the Eagles in 2022, a nine and a half win total for Philadelphia. The second best odds to win the NFC East. And Jalen Hurts, a perfect preseason debut in his one drive. Six of six, 80 yards in a tutty. How do you feel about your birds this year, Kev? Optimistic. And
2: for a while, I was trying to hide from that. But it's actually a lot more than optimistic. The birds, 17 games, favoring 13 of those football games. Do you know how many games Ooh. that they are a dog by more than a field goal? Zero of those games. The Eagles' schedule lines up; they got better everywhere. Nick Sirianni is much better than some of his counterparts. You know, like Brandon Staley, that absolute fraud. The Philadelphia Eagles are set up for a monster season here. Monster
1: season. According, according to New Sports Grid member Warren Sharp and his win total projections, it's Philly one of the easiest schedules in the league. College football next. It's preseason poll season, people. That's a little bit of alliteration for you as we welcome you back to a tangy Tuesday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. The AP Top 25 in the preseason released yesterday we will give you our reactions to that Top 25 poll before we play pollster ourselves. And we give you the debut of the preseason. Ben's Top 10 for college football in 2020. Now, Kevin Walsh is the inventor of Tangy Tuesday. That started around the NBA playoffs, giving you our thoughts on the National Basketball Association. It got tangy in times past. It will get tangier here as I give you my top 10. And Kevin reacts live and in color on your television screens or on Sirius XM channel 159 on those radio airwaves. Kev, first, let's go through the AP Top 25 and our takeaways from that poll being released yesterday the associated press poll is a very very big deal because we use these rankings until the college football playoff comes out with their first rankings in the middle of november so if you see a top 25 matchup it is based off the ap poll we have the same four teams at the top that we did for the coaches poll in fact the same five teams alabama number one ohio state second Georgia number three, Clemson at fourth, and Notre Dame rounds out the top five. Kevin, in fact, the top 10 teams are all the same teams, just a slight reshuffling of the order from the coaches' poll to the AP poll because AM is number six, Utah is seventh, Michigan eighth. Oklahoma 9, and Baylor rounds out the top 10. In the coaches' poll, Michigan is 6, a is 7, and Utah is number 8. Let's start with the top 10, Kevin, and dive our way through the rest of this poll. Anything stand out to you in a big way?
2: I was surprised to see Notre Dame again check in at 5. I that think well. that Notre Dame is being treated kinder than I really had anticipated here. I half-jokingly think that somebody's paid somebody to make sure that Ohio State-Notre Dame is a top-five matchup as opposed to a top-ten matchup or a top-15 matchup or or something of the nature. Because Marcus Freeman year one, some losses that have kind of, you know, been throughout the program and just the way the schedule lines up here. We'll do a trade system, all right? I will trade for you the acknowledgement, though, because I am the most honest man in all the sports media, that (laughs) this Notre Dame team is not a top five team in the country. But please, can please everybody in return stop with the join a conference nonsense at number two Ohio State, neutral twenty-five BYU, home number four Clemson at 14 USC. I mean, they're playing a tougher schedule than the SEC gauntlet that others are running here. Can we please stop with the join a the, join the conference thing to slander the fact that they don't play anybody? It's been ridiculous for years
1: now. They have one of the hardest schedules because they remain Correct. independent. The only reason the Fighting Irish need to join a conference is to cash in on the big TV revenue of the conference realignment landscape. If they can't get the 75 mil they hope to get from mbc in years upcoming however kev it is interesting comparing notre dame who remained at number five in both the coaches and the ap poll the irish's win total is eight and a half the over has the juice at minus 140 the win totals for the other four teams in the top four alabama ten and a half the over is juiced at greater than two dollars it's the same exact thing for georgia Ohio State's win total is 11. The over is juiced at minus 130. If that over caches, as the juice indicates, that's a perfect unbeaten season for the Buckeyes. And even Clemson has a win total of 10 and a half, although the under has the juice at minus 125. So Notre Dame is at eight and a half. And when you compare the national championship odds, there's a stark difference as well. The top four in the coaches and the AP poll are also the top four teams from the odds perspective of winning a college football playoff national championship. Alabama remains the favorite, plus 180. Ohio State, the second best price, three to one. Georgia, plus 350. And Clemson rounds out the top four at plus 800. Again, four is a magic number in college football because four teams make it to the college football playoff. Six is a very important number as well, Kevin Walsh, because for just one time in the last 11 years, Deciding a national champion in college football, it has come outside the AP top six in the preseason poll. It was 2013 when Florida state won a national championship after beginning the year ranked number 11 in that preseason AP top 25 in the eight year history of the college football playoff. All eight college football playoff national title winners have been ranked within the top six of the preseason AP poll. That's why, A preseason poll still carries some water. But Kevin, let's continue to dive through the top 25 because one thing that stands out to me is the lack of Texas. Texas was ranked number 18 in the coaches poll and the Longhorns earned some humor because they received a single first place vote in the coaches poll. You'd have to find your way through the AP top 25 and you wouldn't even see Texas in the poll because the Longhorns are unranked in the receiving votes category. And Texas is tied for the 10th best odds right now to win a title at 80-1. to What a span of a week for Texas football, Kevin. Number 18, a single first place vote in the coaches poll, unranked in the AP. A very big difference for the Texas Longhorns according to those preseason polls.
2: Now, I want to try and say that it is more ridiculous to have them outside of the top 25 than give them a first place vote. That is not true. I will say this, though. I really believe Texas being outside of the top 25 is ridiculous. Again, I know the odds and the polls are not always going to be the same, but this team is in front of, with a bit of a gap, Oklahoma State and Baylor. And this is where we start to get into, well, what have you done for me lately? What did you do for me last year? One team in Texas couldn't handle Kansas. Like some potential future Heisman winners were able to in a gutsy performance on the road. Now Baylor, right? I understand they had themselves. Can't keep really bringing that season. up. The Why? guy plays can't for the Trojans me? now.
1: Stop bringing it up. Go ahead.
2: I mean, listen. No, it's only. I mean, listen. Wait, wait until you see some of the gutsy performances he pulls out in the Pac-12.
1: Baylor, in I get in Tucson. It's gonna be title.
2: tough. He's <laughs> listen, brother, and he'll be down in that foxhole and he'll be ready to roll. Don't worry about it. Oklahoma State was this close to going to the college football playoff. I appreciate that. But Cincinnati's down here at 23, right? So we are projecting. This is not – we could have just copy and pasted the final rankings if that's what we were trying to do. Texas belongs inside the top 25. You know, this is a team last year, Ben, that had double-digit leads in the third quarter against these teams, Mm -hmm. the OUs, the Baylors. The Oklahoma State, they couldn't close the door. And the season then unraveled. And it's easy to see how that could unravel. But my takeaway from that is not, oh, Sark doesn't know how to win a football game. It's he's on the cusp. And I do think that this Texas team, they probably shouldn't have scheduled Alabama. We can talk about that another time. But this Texas team is on the cusp, I think, of not full Texas is back, but I think a
1: pretty good year. The fact the Longhorns weren't ranked in the AP Top 25 is only further indication. It was, in fact, Nick Saban who voted for Texas (laughs) at number one last week in the coaches poll to make the billing for the second full Saturday of college football in Austin, September 10th, between Texas and Alabama. Right now, the Tide, a 15-point favorite. Feel like it had a little bit more gusto. All right, enough of this about the AP poll. It's time for the true preseason poll. That would be Ben's Top 10 here on the morning after on sports grid kev i will go from bottom to top i think you'll be surprised to see who i have ranked number 10 in the country it's a team that i am not nearly as optimistic on as the public and the odds might be the usc trojans check in at number 10 in my top 10 nc state is number nine because i am a big believer in the Wolfpack, devin leary head coach dave dorn and what they might be able to do in the acc this year some of the most returning production in all of college football at near 86 percent back in 2022 oklahoma is number eight not a big change from the ap poll notre dame and my poll kevin is at number seven where i thought we would see them in the ap texas a&m is number six same exact poll in the Associated Press as well I have Utah at number five because the Utes are my pick to win a Pac-12 championship and a potential team to make the college football playoff and the top four are the same teams but Kevin I have to make a little bit of a change here otherwise it would just look like chalk I have Ohio State winning a national championship I have said that I expect the Buckeyes should be the best scoring offense in college football. At least averaging at bare minimum 38 points per game. And I believe Ohio State's defense will be a lot better this year around. So Ohio State is the number one team in the country in my mind. Alabama is number two. The reigning title winners in Georgia number three. And Clemson, because I think Clemson will have a defense very similar to what we saw out of UGA a season ago, checks in mm. at number four. Now, Kevin Walsh, your reaction to my mm. top ten. So uh, the thing is, you get
2: USC in the top ten, we're all good there. I told you yeah. that I don't need Notre Dame at, at five. I actually still think seven is a nice position to, p- to put them. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens when they lose to Ohio State, how far back yep. they ultimately fall there, considering what is expected of them. There's one thing that stands out to me above everything else. And part of me wants to hammer on the Utah thing. We'll leave that be for now. There's a lot of season to go as it pertains to this Pac-12. We are going to be the people that bring juice to the Pac-12. People act like that conference does not exist. If I'm I'm remembering my conferences, I know teams have moved quite a bit here, Ben. Just one Big Ten team in the top ten. In Big Ben, in Big Ten, Ben's top ten. That means the Michigan Wolverines Ah. not catching the eye
1: at all here for you ah. what's
2: the we- what's the word my friend on that
1: i'm glad you caught that kevin walsh i was not sure if your astute eye, although it is astute would have caught the lack of the wolverines in my top 10 michigan ranked sixth in the coaches poll eighth in the ap or excuse me seventh in the ap top 25 no eighth seventh seventh right seventh eighth i got it eighth in the ap top 25 just trust your gut there stevens I am not nearly as optimistic about Michigan entering 2022. You might ask why. Ben, they won the Big Ten title last year for the first time under Jim Harbaugh. In his seven years on campus, they finally got past the team in Ohio State. Well, Jim Harbaugh doesn't want to be the head coach of Michigan. He wanted to be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. And he didn't get an offer, so he's back in Ann Arbor. And they try to make it seem like here's the alum back leading his program in 2022. 22. But it wasn't just that, Kev. It pissed off their offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, so much when he thought he would be the head coach. He's no longer on the staff. And oh, yeah, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator that led Michigan to be one of the best defenses in the country a season ago, now coaches for Jim's brother john harbaugh as a member of the ravens coaching staff and they lost so much production defensively not just aiden hutchinson but david ajabo throwing daxton hill as well offensively there is a ton of talent returning for michigan i believe in that and i still have michigan as a top 15 team just not within my top 10. so yeah slightly pessimistic on the wolverines kev we'll do this plenty more times throughout the year maybe won. even on saturdays for a little program known as college football today. Plenty more to come about that in the future. Kevin stays with us for one final segment to hear from you and Fade the Public up next.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Rounding out our first hour together here on the morning after live on this Tuesday on SportsGrid. Thank you for joining us on Sirius XM, Channel 159, all across the Grizz network as well. That's SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Kevin Walsh has been here for most of this opening hour. And we'll get his thoughts on your thoughts on not a second-year quarterback, as we discussed a little bit earlier on in this first hour, but potentially a rookie QB. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's find out what you had to say. Who's going to start week number one for the Steelers and fade the public? So, Kevin, the week one preseason opener for Pittsburgh, they won 32 25 over the Seattle Seahawks in a quarterback battle and a strong competition where all three guys for pittsburgh look pretty good all three threw at least one touchdown pass and mitchell trubisky who got the start mason rudolph the ending of that first half and then kenny pickett 13 of 15 and two touchdowns as well in the entirety of the second half so who starts week number one for the steelers is it trubisky rudolph or pickett Right now, most of the public, nearly 75%, Kev, saying Mitchell Trubisky will be the week one starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, although Kenny Pickett at nearly 20%, the second most selected option. Kevin, how do you evaluate what the public had to say? So, I think Trubisky will start. I certainly will, wouldn't
2: start him, though. I also wouldn't have signed him. and Certainly wouldn't have rushed to sign him as well. What the Steelers did and... All right. The thing is, though, it's already worked. I mean, there are some people out there, my co-host, who's out of his mind and Donnie Wrightside, who has described Trubisky as a veteran hand to guide the ship and limit mistakes. If That description means you've never watched Mitchell Trubisky. Really what's happening is Don is getting backed into a corner, and I've tried to give him some advice that he probably should stop and jump over yep. to hashtag start picket because that
1: is the right move. But they won't make it the Steelers a six and a half point underdog against the Cincinnati Bengals week number one Kevin Walsh as always thank you for your time more the morning after up next hour number two Stay with us.